Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Sports Yak is brought to you by Big and Tall Outlet in Elkhart. Big and Tall Outlet features big and tall men's clothing from many of the leading big men's catalogs for 50% off manufacturer's suggested retail price. That's Big and Tall Outlet on Napanee Street in Elkhart and at BigandTallOutlet.com. Follow them on Facebook and Twitter as well, because big guys got to look good, too. Come on, Uncle Jed, the party's starting. Hear that music? From South Bend, Indiana, you know where that's at. I don't. It's Sports Yak with Corey Mann and Chuck Freebie. I'm the booth announcer, Jim Shorts. Sports Yak! And away we go into the weekend, episode 65 of Sports Yak. Hi, I'm Corey. That right there is Chuck Freebie. It's the Elvin Bethay episode. Elvin Bethay was a great defensive lineman for the Houston Oilers. Back when the Houston Oilers were one of those fun teams with Earl Campbell running the football and Bum Phillips coaching, and you never knew what was going to come out of Bum's mouth. I mean, one time they're at training camp. And the writers are making a big deal about, well, Earl Campbell didn't run the mile in a certain amount of time. And he goes, well, if we ever have third in a mile, then I won't go to Earl. <laughs> There's that. So who is our... Elvin Bethea. Now, Enrique with her second seal of the ballgame. Heads down the floor with the basketball. Enrique pulls up, jumping away. Is that it? There it is. Enrique Ogumboelli has become the all-time leading scorer in Notre Dame basketball history. The senior from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, is Notre Dame's all-time scoring leader. This place is going absolutely crazy right now. It is deafening in here. Let's come right out of the gate and talk about Notre Dame women's basketball. Their win over Duke the other night, and Enrique is in the record books. She is. She is now Notre Dame's all-time leading scorer with 2,371 points. She had 25 last night. She passes Skylar Diggins on the all-time scoring list. You look at the top five on that all-time scoring list for Notre Dame. Agumba Wale, Diggins, Beth Morgan, Katrina Gaither, who kind of gets lost in the shuffle sometimes, mm-hmm. a, a post player who was outstanding, and then Ruth Riley. So pretty pretty good legacy right there. But Agumba Wale tops them all. She had 25 last night, the Irish steamroll, uh, a not very good Duke team, 89-61, and so Muffet McGraw's team leading Louisville by half game in the Atlantic Coast Conference standings. On the men's side. On the men's side last night, Michigan is now in a tie for the Big Ten lead. They beat Minnesota on the road, not easy to do, 69-60, to and that sets the stage for the first of two between the Wolverines and Spartans. First one will be Sunday afternoon in Ann Arbor. So of the final four Big Ten games that these two teams play, two of them are against each other. That great rivalry between the Wolverines and Spartans. Much respect between John Beeline and Tom Izzo, the two coaches. 
but those are going to be dog fights. Those are going to be fun to watch. Sunday's uh, game is where? Sunday's game, 345 in the afternoon on CBS in Ann Arbor. I'm going to go Michigan. Yeah, I, I would say each game you would favor the home team. Okay, But this is why a lot of people think the road is carved for Purdue to win the Big Ten title now. Because you figure if Michigan and Michigan State split those two games and Purdue can win out, the Boilermakers would get the Big Ten title. I'm in the ER on Wednesday night, and I'm watching the clock because, A, it's way past my bedtime. Yes. And all I could care about was, maybe I can see some of this Duke-Carolina game. Right. And I wanted to text you right when I got home because Duke was down. Yeah, well, there was a reason for that. And I was like, wow. And then I finally got a chance to see the shoe blowout heard round the world. So I I had settled in. I was watching Blackhawks Red Wings with Mike Tirico calling the game. Which was a big deal, apparently, right? Big deal because it was his first time calling an NHL game. And he did a great job because he's Mike Tirico and that's what he does. Mm -hmm. So Blackhawks had a 4-1 lead. I'm like, okay, They've got this comfortable. Well, no, they didn't. They squandered the lead and won in overtime, but that's another part of the story. So I said, all right, let's let's flip over here and catch the start of Duke and Carolina. Okay. Fortunately, I was there for the start. So I, I'm settled in. I'm thinking I'm going to watch first half of this, then I'll go to bed and we'll report about it in the morning. 36 seconds in, blows out the bottom of the shoe, which, if you're Nike, this is about the most embarrassing thing that's happened to you in some time. And trust me, that's a company that's had some embarrassing things happen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and 36 seconds in, American TV sets are like, oh, well, Zion's not playing anymore. Click, 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 click. Yeah. Although, it come, turns out that this was the highest-rated college basketball game at some time on cable. and um, But Carolina just took advantage of the fact that the guy, not only is Zion Williamson this terrific player, but the other part about it is he brings such an energy to that Duke team, and you could just see that energy meter kind of creep out of them somewhat yes. and creep out of Cameron, and North Carolina took advantage of that. And and make no mistake, Carolina, well-deserving of being a top-10 team. Carolina wins that showdown. And uh, Duke will likely fall out of the number one spot. I imagine Gonzaga will get its turn now at number one in the nation. You asked this question in the other room this morning. I didn't really say anything, but let's air it out now. Should Zion sit out the rest of the season because of what's happened? That that seems to be what is being bantied about. He's got this mild knee sprain. Mm-hmm. We don't know for sure when he's going to be back in the lineup for Duke. But there are some people saying, well, maybe he shouldn't play the rest of the year. And they, they this kind of traces back to the Jalen Smith situation at Notre Dame. Remember, Jalen Smith really racked up his knee in a bowl game for Notre Dame that didn't it wasn't a, a playoff game. It was just a bowl game. Mm-hmm. And he played in the bowl game, racked up his knee. It dropped him in the draft. He still went in the first round. And he had to go through this major rehab. And now he's back and doing just fine for the Dallas Cowboys. But a lot of people say, well, you know, would Zion possibly injure himself more and thus hurt his draft status if he sticks around? How many games are left for him to play in reality? In the regular season, probably about four or five. And then whatever Duke does in the tournament. Mm Mm-hmm. 
my ten, thought. Ten games total? Yeah, ten or eleven. Okay. Yeah. yeah. My thought is, look, you you said you wanted to be part of the team. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you're healthy enough to be part of the team, be part of the team. Because, I mean, first of all, it's a freak injury. You can have a freak injury happen anywhere. He could be walking around on campus and trip over a crack in the sidewalk or something like that. Unlikely, but it can happen. You came to Duke to be a basketball player. Be a basketball player. I would hope that because he has so many eyes on him, uh, especially young eyes, and he's a superstar, finish what you committed to. Right. Send that message. Finish what you committed to. And, and you know Mike Krzyzewski is not going to put him in a situation where he's going to endanger him. He's just going to put him in basketball situation. Mm-hmm. And only when he's healthy. Back to basketball, Indiana tonight. IU, man, what a train wreck <laughs> this has become. Archie Miller's team finally did play with some grit the other night against Purdue. They still lost. Uh, they're just not very good at times. They don't shoot the ball well at all. They're now at 500 for the year, and they got to go to Iowa and play Fran McCaffrey's Hawkeyes in Carver Hawkeye Arena. I just don't see that going well for Indiana. When when was the last time they won a big road game? Mm. Didn't they go up and slay a giant somewhere in at Michigan? Michigan State? Yes. Yeah, they won at Michigan State. So, but that's one. You know, can they get another? Can they right the ship? What happens if you right the ship now anyway? I, I they're at five hundred. They've got to be out of the NCAA conversation. So, are you playing for pride? Well, to a certain extent, yeah. You, you have to show, you know, that you can actually be worthy of that Indiana uniform. Sports High school basketball tonight, you wrap up your regular season uh, tapings, if you will. Yes, we will be at Alumni Gym over at St. Joe. J.R. Konesny having a great year for the Indians. He's only a sophomore, 6'7", and it'll be the first chance we've had to showcase him on TV 46. St. Joe taking on Mishawaka. St. Joe hoping to get a sweep of the Princess City. They play Mishawaka tonight, and then they open with Marion in the first game of the sectional at Jimtown on Tuesday night. Mark Johnson knew he was inheriting a young team, and he said the other day on this show, he goes, are we good yet? No. Could we get there? Yes. Uh, Doesn't have much time to get there. (laughs) Has a couple of games. Mishawaka, meanwhile, could be a dark horse in that sectional over a pen. You look at Ron Heklinski. He's done a great job with this team does he? because he doesn't really have any what I would call pure basketball players on this team. He's got a lot of guys from the football team that have come over to play basketball, and they're good leaders, and they're great kids, and they're playing hard, and they're going to have a winning season no matter what happens tonight or in the sectional. They've Mm -hmm. won 12 games already this year. But you look at their draw. They've got Adams in the first round. They get past that. Then you've got Clay with a bye. Should be able to beat them, which would set you into the championship game, and maybe maybe you pull an upset. Give your broadcast team a grade on this past season in your 113th year <laughs> or whatever it is. Um, Boy, that's not for me to do. I mean, for me to give us a grade, I, I'm never going to give us an A because I'm a tough grader and, and 
when you say team, I, I think of everything. I yes. think of audio. I think of graphics. I think of replays. I think of, of the look on the air. I think of the performance of the on-air announcers. So I'm never going to give us an A because to me an A is like, you know, almost 100%. But I would say I would say an A-. minus. I mean, I, I think other than a couple of minuscule things uh, behind the scenes that I'd like to see us improve at, and knowing that, to be honest with the people out there, a lot of our crew does other stuff during the week. Mm-hmm. And they come to us on Friday nights and help cobble this together. We have we have kind of a core group of about six guys. Yes. And then there's about five more that come in who are doing other stuff during the week that we add into the mix on Friday night. Freelancers. And freelancers. Or or maybe they do other stuff around the building here, like oh. Matt Thibodeau, one of our camera guys. Yeah, he's one of my guys. He's a radio guy. shortwave. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do other stuff. But, gosh, they work hard for us on Fridays. Yeah, they do. They work really hard. Was there anything you brought this season that you added to your repertoire, your arsenal of broadcasting? Did you do anything new this well, year? Well, the Facebook Lives. How do you feel yeah. that uh, harm hurts better, worse? <laughs> you know, I think in football it was very popular. Okay. It doesn't seem to be as popular in basketball just because I think there's so so many more basketball we games. We watched five on. games. I, I counted last night. I went back and counted. Yeah. I liked it because we're at home Friday night, blah, blah, blah. It's an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you do have one more game, and then you'll do games next we'll week. We'll do games in the tournament Best, all the way through. I know you've got one game tonight. Best regular season game of this year? Well, I, I thought Riley Marion was an outstanding game. Uh, I liked the game we had last week, even though it wasn't necessarily that close. But I, w- I would say Riley Marion was probably our best regular season game. To be honest, our basketball season hasn't been, in terms of of the games and going down to the wire, we haven't had that many. Okay. All right. You know, I mean, you, ne- you never know. You never know what you're going to get yourself into on a Friday night. So what does next week look like? You know, playoffs, you've you got uh, Tuesday night, which are huge games yeah. locally here, but then you'll wait for the Friday night game we to be yours. We do the Friday night game. Yeah. Um, and, and, again, like I just explained, a lot of that is because of our ability to put together a crew to do it. Mm-hmm. it it's not like we have uh, 11 guys that are right here that we can just go out and do whatever we want to do anytime we want to do it kind of have to cobble together our group and so we'll we'll do friday night a semi-final probably from the elkhart sectional over at north side gym and then saturday night we'll do a sectional final and that'll probably be from the Jimtown sectional uh anticipating that it could be two top six teams in culver academy and marion talk about who else is playing tonight well elsewhere tonight you've got marion and washington that should be a very entertaining game Here's a fun fact about Washington. It's a scheme we haven't talked about that much, but Ryan Vargas' squad is 13-9 and this year, so they've played 22 games, Corey. Twelve of those games have been decided by four points or less. I mean, so maybe you're maybe as I sit here and say, well, we haven't had a, close, a lot of close games. Maybe we should have just done Washington games all year because they seem to be close all the time. Uh, and Marion needed overtime last year to beat him in the sectional. So it's not a guarantee that Marion wins that game, although Marion needs that game to get a share of the NIC title. Same is true for Riley. They need a win tonight to get a share of the NIC. They go to John Glenn. 
Uh, Elkhart Memorial is at East Noble. That's probably the game with the two best records put together. East Noble is 18-3. and They've got a really strong front court with Brant Cox and the players so nice they named him twice, Ali Ali, and he's a really good big man for the Knights. And they'll go up against this Elkhart Memorial team that has put together a very strong year under Kyle Sears, and they're 16-5 and and one of the favorites to win the Elkhart sectional. Fairfield had been red hot. They had won seven in a row. Northridge beat them Tuesday night. Falcons go to Central Noble. The thing I like about Central Noble is they can score the basketball, which I know sounds like a really ridiculous term to use, but quite frankly, there aren't that many teams that score that well mm-hmm. anymore. And Central Mobile averages about 67 points a game. So uh, that should be a fun one to watch. And then up in Michigan, Hartford is at Cassopolis. And that game is for the Southwestern 10 Conference title. From South Bend, Indiana, you know where that's at. I don't. It's Sports Yak with Corey Mann and Chuck Freebie. This is Jimmy Shorts. My friends, the folks over at Big and Tall Outlet are trying to take care of you. They have such a variety of clothing. You might go in there and not think, can I get boxer briefs here? Yes. Yes, you can. They've got king-size sport boxer briefs. They're the perfect base layer if you're going to the gym. They've got quick-drying, that that moisture-wicking fabric that'll just help you Stay dry as you're working out. Nice elastic waistband, the the stretch fit. It's a great fabric to work with. And then the other thing that's hot right now, as you're going over there and checking out the MLB attire, we talk about spring training games starting today. They've got all kinds of MLB stuff, and it's at probably about 50% of what you're going to find anywhere else. They've got an online inventory and a wide variety in store, even non-Cubs stuff. They've got some St. Louis Cardinals stuff over there that Derek's very excited about. So if you're a baseball fan or if you're looking to work out, they've got the attire for you. Big and tall outlet. You know where they are, don't you? You should. 1333 South East Street in Elkhart. Tell them Chuck sent you and they'll say, who? And you know why you gotta go there? Because big guys gotta look good too. Sports Notre Dame finally gets a win yesterday. They beat Eastern Michigan by a count of 11-3. The Irish now 1-3 on the year play a doubleheader today. They will play Eastern Michigan at 3, and then they play Incarnate Word, which is a team down in San Antonio, Texas, Division One team. Uh, they'll play them at 7 o'clock tonight, and then they play Incarnate Word again tomorrow. So Incarnate Word has always been a part of this tournament in San Antonio, Texas that Notre Dame plays in each and every year. Uh, and the reason they go there is because there's a very influential Notre Dame alum who helps fund said tournament. And they're able to bring teams in. And, of course, the weather in San Antonio this time of year is <laughs> is conducive to playing baseball. 20 degrees and snow is not good for South Bend, Indiana in Although baseball. Although, you know, 42 today, they, they could have played a home game, but it's going to be 70 probably in San Antonio today. So... It'll be a lovely day for baseball, and hopefully Mick Aoki's team can get it figured out because they got, uh, well, they got snot lockered last week <laughs> at Arizona State. And the, and the beauty of today is also the first day of spring training games. Tampa Bay plays Philadelphia. Oakland plays Seattle. Cubs, Sox, and Tigers all open spring training games tomorrow. Cubs will be 
against the Brewers in Mesa, Arizona. Do you pay attention to spring training games? Not that much. Uh, I used to cover spring training somewhat when I was at WNDU. We would go down. And the thing about spring training games is the starters only play about three or four innings, and then they're out of there. And uh, so you look at scores from spring training games, they don't really tell you that much. The one thing you want to see is is if your pitchers are, are getting the ball over the plate, if you hope that your pitchers build up over these four weeks. They'll probably start out at about three innings and then four, five, six. You want them to be able to go. You want your starters to be able to go six innings by the time they leave spring training. Yeah, I want to drive the Zamboni. I mentioned the Blackhawks okay. earlier, and they have been playing very good hockey. They have won 10 out of their last 12. Patrick Kane is actually having an MVP-worthy season. He has a 19-game scoring streak right now, and he scored two goals the other night, including the game-winner in overtime as the Hawks beat Detroit 5-4. This was a team that was playing so poorly, it fired Joel Quenville earlier in the year. And now, by winning 10 out of their last 12, they've put themselves into a position where they are tied for the wild card, the last wild card spot in the Western Conference. I'm telling you, if the Hawks make the playoffs, they are a dangerous team. Now, I think their goaltending is still suspect with Corey Crawford and Cam Ward. And I'm not always sold on their defense either. Duncan Keith has gotten better as the season has gone along, but he's logging a lot of minutes, and he's a veteran guy, and you just wonder if he's going to break down at some point. There's not a lot behind him defensively. But offensively, this is a fun team to watch because Kane and Taze have kind of regained that form that made them household names in Chicago. Why is professional hockey the season so much longer than any other sports? Well, for one, I, I think recovery time, you rarely see hockey teams play back-to-back. Typically, like the Blackhawks will play on a Sunday, a Wednesday, maybe a Friday. Okay. So there's there's lots of downtime in between, and the owners want the gates. So in order to get the gates, you have to play these this 80-game schedule. Well, if you're playing three times a week and you're playing 80 games – it's going to be 27 weeks right there for the regular season. And then they don't trim it that much. There's 16 teams that make the playoffs. And so then the playoffs are endless as well. And the season winds up ending in June. Is a national hockey player in better shape than most athletes? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I Especially um, the respiratory and the lower body with the ability to skate and to skate backwards. I mean, I can't even skate forwards. I can't imagine the speed that these guys go with skating backwards. Notre Dame hockey up in Minnesota this weekend, by the way. Jeff Jackson's team is ranked 15th in one poll, 16th in another. This is important because only 16 teams make the NCAA hockey tournament. So the Irish right now are kind of on the cusp, and I think around here we've become spoiled because they've been so good for so long. Yes. They're having a little bit of a down year this year. They're third in the Big Ten, which, you know, sounds really good, but you got to realize not every school in the Big Ten plays hockey. And this team 
This is a big weekend for this team. They need to be able to go on the road to Minnesota, not an easy place to play, and get some points, or otherwise they might be flirting with not making the NCAA tournament, mm-hmm. which, again, we've been spoiled. I remember when Jeff Jackson came here. I mean, Notre Dame barely made the NCAA tournament ever, and he's put this program at such a high level that to sit here and think, they might not make the tournament. Just seems really odd to say, but it's true. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. I really want to fulfill listener Mary's wants and needs. Let's do that. About Oscar picks. Let's do that. Because that is Sunday night. The biggest night in Hollywood. I thought I, you said something really interesting this morning. Made me think a little bit more than where I already was. Was uh, the Oscars usually pick a theme, uh, adversity, uh, ethnicity, uh, the year of the girl, the year of the woman, the year of the you know whatever. Fill in the blank. I just think this is something that I've seen from the Academy more and more over the years, and I can't get a feel of which way they're going to go this year. I think last year was such a year of the woman that they might venture away from that this year mm-hmm. and and go in in some other direction. So that's why when you look at the the candidates for best picture, and there's way too many candidates for best picture. You might disagree with me, but I think eight is way too many. I, I agree. And so I'm sitting here, Black Panther, Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, the Favorite, Green Book, Roma, A Star is Born, and Vice. There's an old SNL bit where Bill Murray is on Weekend Update, and they ask him for his Oscar picks, and he goes through, didn't see it, didn't see it, didn't see it, liked it, didn't see it. So based on what I've seen, (laughs) well, I'd have to do didn't see it for all of these. You've not seen any of these eight? No. My mom, this time of year, goes to every movie ever in Arizona. She talked very highly of Green Book, and uh, she did not talk highly of Vice. Star is Born, yes. Uh, The favorite, I don't think she saw. Roma's on Netflix, you say? Roma is a Netflix movie, first time in Academy um, history. I loved Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. I loved Black Panther because I'm a superhero nut. I think it would be interesting if that won an Academy Award, but I think Bradley Cooper and A Star is Born is going to win Best Picture. It seems to have a lot of momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, it's now, a downer of a movie, but it's a good movie. Now, I didn't pay that close of attention to the Golden Globes this year. What won the Golden Globe for Best Picture? Do we know? Bohemian Rhapsody. I think it's rare. Isn't it rare that whoever wins the Golden Globe wins the Oscar, too? Uh, I think it's closer to true than rare. Oh, closer to true. Yes. It, well, then if that's the case, then 
likely Bohemian Rhapsody. What I does, just think. What a, does your heart tell you? I just think A Star Is Born being a remake mm-hmm. for the third time now, uh, not likely to win. I think it boils down to between Bohemian Rhapsody and Black Panther. I know I said I'm Pulse Black Panther, but now that I know that Bohemian Rhapsody won the Golden Globe, I'm going to go with Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay. Best actor. Well, I think what works against Rami Malek in Bohemian Rhapsody is the fact that he didn't do the singing. Uh, and we've talked about that on this show before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bradley Cooper in A Star is Born is getting all kinds of rave reviews for his work. I think he's pretty popular in Hollywood, too. I think he's going to wind up winning the Oscar. Although, you know, Christian Bale and Willem Dafoe have their their people pushing for them. But I'm going to go with Cooper. Christian Bale gained a ton of weight to be the vice president. Uh, Rami Malek looks like Freddie Mercury, acts like him, does not sing like him. Right. So I'm with you on that. Bradley Cooper is playing a character, not a real person. I don't think the first two stars borns made enough of an impact in the world for people to go, oh, that was a remake? Oh, like, I don't know about that. I, I think the fact through, that Barbara Streisand was in one of those. I think the, that's that's a that's so far of a generation behind now. And could be. You know. But who's doing the voting in this? I mean, who are the people that make up the academy? Everybody behind the scenes. But aren't everybody aren't there a lot of older people in that group? Uh, I don't know. That's a I great question. I don't know what the makeup is. So you going Bradley Cooper and Best I'm going actor? Cooper. Best actress. What? Well, what's your vote? Uh, Bradley Cooper. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Glenn Close in The Wife. I am too, and here's why. Melissa McCarthy is not going to win uh, because she's not good enough. Uh, Lady Gaga played herself, as you pointed out on yes. Pulse this morning. I have no idea about Olivia Coleman, and I loved Yalitza Aparicio when she played shortstop for the White Sox in the 1960s and 70s. Uh, I thought she was great then, but I, I, Roma's a Netflix movie. He can't. What are you doing? I mean, why don't we just give it to one of the guests on Comedians Getting Coffee? Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, if we're just going to do Netflix stuff. Hey, old man, the world is changing. I know, I and, know. And that's, that's But again, I think the Academy has enough of these older people in there that they're not going to give it to a Netflix movie. So Glenn Close kind of gets a Lifetime Achievement Award getting Best Actress for the Wife. There's a handful, so many of categories where it's like, eh, don't care, going to hit the fast well, that's, button. Well, that's the majority of it. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this, too. What did they ever do to solve this hosting problem that they had? I don't know who is hosting Sunday night. Actually, I'm not watching. We're going out. We're going to a show. So I don't even, I'm I'm just going to watch the next morning to see who won. I don't think they have a host. I think they're just going to have they're gonna a roll bunch out of people, people coming out. Yeah. And doing. Which hopefully sh- shortens it. It's usually. Well, because they have all these bits that they throw in uh, there and the Oscar monologue and things like that. I just want the big five. Uh, director, actor, actress, best movie, and because I'm a nerd, best animated movie, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. You're really hot on that movie, aren't oh, you? Oh, Chuck, I, I've seen so many animated movies in my lifetime because, A, that's what I wanted to do. Right. Then Chloe comes along, and if you're going to go to a family movie nine out of ten times, you're going to go see something animated, which started in 1997 with her. 
Then comes The Boy in 2007. Animation's, you know, picked up their A game. And we go to that stuff. I'm telling you, when I sat in the theater in December and saw this Spider-Man movie, from a technical level, this is the best-looking animated movie I have ever seen. 3D and 2D. It's, it's, and it, and it goes back, it goes back to old school comic book look into futuristic, like you can reach out and touch these characters. It feels like the real deal. It's, it's fantastic. The music is great. The story's great. So you're saying it might be better than Clutch Cargo. Now you're throwing down and you better be careful. <laughs> I remember Clutch Cargo on the Bozo show. The oh. lips just moved, right? Oh, yeah, that was it? Yeah. Clutch I mean, Cargo? It was- Oh, man. It was like the worst animation possible. And didn't you catch yourself just staring at their mouths like, what? What is happening? What is this? What were the other characters in Clutch Cargo? The tube of you will never let you down when it comes to a Clutch Cargo. The case of Ripcord Van Winkle. Clutch Cargo. What do you you have down there about? Yeah, right there. Let's do this. Clutch Cargo with his pal Spinner and Paddlefoot. There you go. Another exciting adventure, Pirate Isle. Oogaloo, Clutch Cargo. Oogaloo to you, Snowshoe. Come on in. Spinner, I want you to meet Snowshoe Slednik and his dog Snowball. You've heard me speak of them. Yeah, I've always wanted to meet you, Mr. Snowshoe. Do you really have days and nights that are six months long, Mr. Snowshoe? Oogaloo. What does Oogaloogle mean, Mr. Snowshoe? Later, Spinner. <laughs> Late, later, Spinner. We have no time for that, Spinner. We have no time for that. Any last words, Chuck? I know what my two last words are going to be. <laughs> what are your two words going to be? Have a great weekend and Oogaloogle. Chuck Freebie. Oogaloogle. What does that mean, Spinner? Later, Spinner. <laughs> we have no time for that. That's our show for today. Sports Yak is brought to you by Big and Tall Outlet, because big guys got to look good, too. Sports Yak is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. This is Jimmy Shorts. Until next time, sports fans. That's good. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.